Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It wasn't fulfilling. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from news radio to I Love Lucy because we're traveling backwards in time, baby. I'm your TV god, Barb Hardly. Sometimes I do boy drag as Brett White, who is a senior reporter producer at Decider.com. And say hello to the Hulk Hogan to my macho man, Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Barb, how are you doing? It is so good to see you. We've we've uh we haven't recorded in a little bit because you've been uh you've been traveling. I've been a a professional uh journalist. Uh the okay, my ear my ear my ear parts falling out and uh my my gloved hand is hard to there we go. <laughs> Believe it or not, she is a member of the Television Critics Association. <laughs> and yeah. she uh does this stuff um uh but yeah I, I was in los angeles for a week for tca which is the winter tour they haven't done it in like three years because of a little thing called covid that is still around and still exists um basically like every single member well every member that can goes i think there was probably a hundred or more uh mm. at we all go to the Langham, which is a resort in Pasadena. So, yes, I did have little old lady from Pasadena stuck in my head for a week. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, it's kind of like Comic-Con for professionals because basically they just, like, trot out the cast of all the all the shows that the networks want to promote, either old or new, and every network has a day. So I was there for ABC. Uh, I was there for ABC, FX, um abc freeform fx disney plus and national geographic and hulu uh and then nbc universal oh that's that's the the murderer's row right there yeah we, they send us out there based on because i cover all the disney stuff mostly your mm-hmm. marvels and star wars so that's why they sent me out for those days although they just brought bad batch and that's it they didn't they, you know they oh. aren't gonna they save all their big stuff for their actual cons that disney has <laughs> like yeah. they don't really need to do a lot um they'll break stuff yeah. at comic-con they'll break stuff at d23 yeah yeah well they just like bring the you know the cast out a cast with showrunners and creators and directors and stuff and they just sit there and we they take questions for a half hour um we are not we are we do not clap nope. uh, well it's like a very like this is a it's job yeah it's, it's so you have to be professional you're there to gather information it is incredibly awkward when they come out and sit down and there's just like dead silence <laughs> because also like you realize that a nice clap is also a hello. Like that's also like the, 
what that means. So it is weird. Um, but yeah, you know it was. What, fun. You know what I'd love to get started is when when that happens and the audience claps. I'd like the people on the stage to clap too, just to say hello back. Yes, <laughs> I like that. Hello to you. Hi. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I, I went. I was out there for a week. Um, the hotel was not was nice. <laughs> I ordered Brussels sprouts and mac and cheese as soon as I got there because I had a nightmarishly long flight. Mm. Uh, and then they wheeled a whole table into my hotel room because that's how nice the hotel is <laughs> the langham in pasadena and yeah it was uh really cool to also like meet my peers um right. and you know talk about just being like a professional woman in journalism it's so fantastic i saw I... the pictures you posted uh it looked like a fantastic resort the little old langham in pasadena mm-hmm um, <laughs> you did. I will say that you, you you did kind of look like this was a long trip, and now I have to talk to, I have to ask questions of people in a couple of the pictures. But it, uh, yeah, we're out there was great. It was yeah. I mean, it's they're long days, but I come from yeah. covering comic conventions, so you know, a long day is my bread and butter. Uh, but I did get to talk to. Uh, I got to interview Melissa Roush, who is the executive producer and star of the new Night Court. Um. And that was phenomenal, honestly. Like, go read my interview at decider.com. She is wonderful. She's lovely. I I have never gotten an impression of anything else from her. And I did, uh, in preparation for this episode, I did watch the pilot episode of The New Night Court last night. Um, because, spoilers, we're doing a Night Court <laughs> episode from the original series in the 1980s. Um and so the, the, it's been on my brain, and they they released the episodes last week. We're recording. Uh, is this the twenty second? Yes, the twenty yes. second uh, of January. So the episodes premiered, I think, Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Yes. Um, so we, we're uh, going to go into all that stuff. God, but I, yeah. I hear what you're saying about going out and being with your peers. It makes a ton of sense because, especially with the pandemic, we have been very cloistered in our own little monasteries. For so long, um, along kind of along those same lines, I'm kind of like really happy that th- as soon as I got my last paycheck, I'm like, this is the time that I'm going to join a whole bunch of professional societies mm. uh, and get into their their things. So if you if you uh, if I haven't mentioned it before or seen it on any of my my socials or anything like that, I I'm an advertising writer, but I'm also in a graduate program for re- religious studies. Um it's just something yes. it's, it's yeah, it's just something I find interesting. Um, so I want I I joined a, a group called the Society for Biblical Literature, which I'm Ooh. very excited about because it's like it's all like textural criticism and what does this actually mean and what did this mean back then? And I'm like, that's the kind of stuff I like. It's like and what I do for sitcoms, you're doing for the Bible. <laughs> the Bible. So uh I'm like really excited because they announced that their um annual meeting is going to be in San Antonio in November. And I Ooh. love San Antonio. So fifteen hundred different presentations Lord. to go to. So I'm just like, it is kid in a candy store for me. But honestly, yours is much more interesting. You got to see John Laroquette in the flesh. I walked right by him. He's very tall. And also Ryan Johnson with a, a poker face, his uh, mm-hmm. Peacock mystery series with Natasha Leone is coming out uh, this week. And so he was there. And so I got to see Ryan Johnson in person, which 
I mean, of all the men that I would marry on this planet Earth after my husband, Ryan Johnson is, I mean, uh, Sam Neill and then Ryan Johnson, probably. Yeah. Is 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 Robert Wagner on the list, but lower? Well, he's, he's in sold. his nineties. He yeah, he's sold. sold. Like that's like like now. Now, if we're like cherry picking from time travel, if we got a well, DeLorean, we're hopping in. Then like nineteen seventy nine, Robert Wagner is number one. There's no competition. <laughs> uh, well, and then like ninety three, Sam Neill, and now Ryan. You know. Anyway, it was good. I'm a professional, and I just talk <laughs> about having crush on men. Um, <laughs> Don't but, let Ryan Johnson find out. He will. I have to talk to him sometime. Damn it. Uh, so yeah, comments from listeners. We got Woo! one on the Abbott and Costello video on YouTube. Vic Martino uh, left a comment saying this is one of my favorite episodes from the Abbott and Costello TV series. Actually, I like them all. LOL. And I really enjoyed watching this episode here with Must Have Seen TV. Uh, so thanks. Thank you so much That's for fantastic. watching us talk about a 70-year-old episode of television. Uh, I, the thing that, that cracks me up about about that episode was we're like, oh, it's the 13th episode of the series. You know, they must have been doing this for a while. And then after we shot after we recorded the episode, I, I was looking into it just again. And it was and it turned out this was the first episode that aired. So people what had a weird introduction. Yeah. <laughs> so they they introduce uh, um, uh, Joe Besser as yeah. Stinky. Or he wasn't stinky in this one. It was Joe Besser as the weird kid. I mean, that performance, so, that performance was stinky. So, but they, they they do it in a in a way that they're like, oh, that kid, he's always yeah. just a he's a weirdo. But this is the first time you actually see him because it's the first episode shown. So that threw that threw me like had to throw people being like, mm-hmm. who's this weird man child? It's television. Everyone's used to just back then just turning on. I don't know whatever this is. It's moving and they're talking. This is great. Yeah. Um, and then on Twitter at Chaotic Rambler just sent us a tweet as Am I the last person to know that Freddie Prince Jr.'s father was the star of Chico and the Man? Yeah. Well, which maybe. I would say, yes, you might be. <laughs> I, um, which I, yeah. I only know because I watched nothing but VH1 growing up. So the uh Freddie Prince behind the music was on all the time. Ah. Uh. I, I you know I watched a couple I, I they released I think the first season of Chico and the Man on DVD. Mm. Um I want to say 15 plus years ago and they might have released more. But I I did get it and I did watch the first couple episodes and it really is a funny show. Okay, we should do it. I've never yeah. seen an episode. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but Freddie Prinze and Jack Albertson just it, the jokes are good. Good. Uh and then Maybe lastly, but not leastly, everyone in the New York area, come see me uh, do drag in person for the first time. <laughs> uh, well, I did do a show in October that was a stage reading of a Buffy episode, which I'm not counting as my first show because it was a stage reading. But I am doing drag as part of a drag show in Astoria, Queens at Albatross Bar on February 7th at 8 p.m. So, you know, come see me. It, I, I have been, it's gonna, it's all sitcom theme because Barb is a sitcom character. Wait, let me see if I can actually show off today's look because if you haven't been able to figure it out, I am in drag. Oh my God. I'm standing way far back. Whoa. Go, go boots. Uh, yes. And lots of body. Um, oh Get in the go, go cage. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I've been coming up with a lot of uh, ideas for numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
last night on the subway, I realized, oh, I should try to mash up uh, Lotto's, I think her name's Lotto, uh, Big Dick Energy with the Dick Van Dyke Show theme. I'm going to try to mash them up. Let's see if it works. Uh, but that's that's the kind of uh, nonsense that Barb Hardly plays with. Um, yeah, so I've been figuring out my my looks and everything. So Big Dick Energy. We listen to that in the car every now and then. Yeah, I mean, she it, it's the She-Hulk song is how I now know it. It's just like <laughs> it was featured on She-Hulk like twice, and it's great. Um, but, I mean, that's, I think, everything that's going on in our lives. And, well, and what, what have you been watching lately? Oh, my God, that. Oh, God. Oh, my God. A lot of screeners for TCA because we have to oh. watch everything. Um, I did watch all of the traders on Peacock, which is a new reality competition show that I have a lot of frustrated, complicated feelings about everyone seems to love it and i uh, see some major structural flaws is this traitors with an i yeah okay not like it's not like american pickers or nothing but it's yeah it's a british game show it's like the mole essentially um Um, it have you played like werewolf or mafia it's that but in live action with alan cumming hosting in a scottish castle um and instead of werewolves (laughs) It's uh, traitors, but I mean, imagine playing werewolf and trying to hunt down the werewolves without actually being able to have any clues as to who's a werewolf. Like, that is my main problem. Oh, because when you're playing werewolf and you're doing the the deliberation to see who you want to kill, you're like looking at everyone to see if they're communicating with their eyes to other people about like, yeah, kill this person, kill that person. They don't do that in this at all the 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 traders get to hang out in a separate room and just talk about who they want to kill and it's like no they have to do that in front of everyone so there's something that people can catch but anyway i'm sorry they they could have had so much fun doing it with werewolves but i can understand not wanting to offend where werewolf audience Mm -hmm. you know because yeah yeah you know there's there are enough people here who I I think are probably werewolves that would probably yeah, sure. you know, write something in. I would. What have yeah. you been watching? Uh, last weekend we had a long weekend, so we watched all of Willow. Oh yes, On Disney Plus. It was it was it was quite enjoyable. Um, and the part that I think that I enjoyed the most, aside from some of the characters, um, like Borman, he was a the rogue. He's hilarious. But I liked that they threw in the um, the slow jam version of a couple different pop songs, oh. and rock songs. So they, they, there's like a acoustic version of "I'm on Fire" by Bruce Springsteen. Uh-huh. There's "Pretty Gertie Man" by Don, like with other p- people who I unfortunately don't recall the names because I'm shitty with modern music. But like the, the, they they just come along at the right moment. And you're like, oh, that's a great song, and that's a great way of doing it, and it totally fits the. Or if it doesn't fit the mood, it makes the scene fit the mood, and it's it's really fun. Also, magic monsters, coolness. There's you know, it's pretty funny at places. So, and it's eight episodes, and I really hope they do a second season. Oh yeah, because I've heard. Uh, you've heard. I've heard nothing but good things about it. So yeah. you know. Uh, but hey, hey, y'all, guess hey, what y'all. now? <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, this week we are be traveling to February 7th, 1985. Beverly Hills Cop rolled the box office. I want to know what love is by foreigner top the charts. And is that in Willow? No, I want to know what love is. 
Seems like it could be. Uh, and NBC aired the Night Court episode, Batlam Bailiff. Ethan, you must have seen Batlam Bailiff before today. No, I wish I had because it was great. I'd never watched Night Court growing up. I've only mm. watched it as an adult by buying seasons on iTunes. I will say that uh, if you haven't seen it, it definitely holds up. I, mm-hmm. I, If I recall, every episode I've seen as an adult has still made me laugh. It is quite funny. Um, there are a couple, you know, there's always that kind of like couple hacky 80s, 70s jokes that always kind of weave their way in. Yeah. But the good ones are really good. The uh, the thing that I always know, like know about Night Court or will say about it. And I said it in my interview with Melissa Roush, uh, who, by the way, amazing. And she after we were done, she said, your questions were awesome. It's nice to talk to someone that like knows the show. And I was like, your bet it is. <laughs> um but like Night Court swings, it swings both ways, baby. Um, <laughs> it's very dramatic at sometimes, and then there's, and then it's very surreal at sometimes. This episode is way more on the surreal side, uh, and it, not That's, even then, it isn't even really that surreal. It gets way weirder as the show goes on. But it's believable. Yeah, like, Night Court I, I, would tackle yeah. some intense shit <laughs> at times. And uh, anyway, just before everyone, uh, just so everyone knows. I did ask Melissa Roush if uh, because her she's playing Harry Stone's daughter, um, Harry Anderson's character's daughter, Abby Stone, which makes Buddy Ryan, played by John Aston, her quasi grandfather. And so I definitely did ask her. I was like, <laughs> John Aston on the show, Zoom cameo. I know he's like 92. Make it happen. And so she's she, she I mean, she ended the interview by saying if it happens, we'll have to get you out to the set. And I'm like, oh. yes, please. Oh, my yes, God. Please. So I put the bug in the ear. And if it happens, it's because of me. No. It would uh. be wonderful. <laughs> um, I think we can kind of like talk about some of the amazing cast who were part of this episode, but also, you know, part of the the entire series. And you kicked it off by saying, saying Harry Anderson yeah. um, playing Harry Stone is the judge. Um he, you know, he's he's known for his 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 two big roles, this one and he did 98 episodes of Dave Barry's Dave's World. Yeah, which is what I grew up watching him. Yeah, which is completely fallen off the edge of the world. I no one talks so about sad. it, but it lasted 98 episodes. Yeah, but he is he, he did enough magic appearances that people now kind of it, it, the, the hipper people are like, yeah, Harry Anderson, he's a magician. He did a whole bunch of magic on Night Court. It was it was his whole well, and his uh, con artist character on Cheers, mm-hmm. Barry the Hat. Barry the Hat. He did eight SNL appearances doing magic, including Ooh. hosting one time. Um, and he uh, near the end of his life, he owned a bar and curiosity shop in New Orleans. Oh, wow. I mean, he's beloved. I mean, everyone just seems to absolutely adore him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also grew up loving John Larroquette. That's mm-hmm. another one. That's another proto-gay crush. So just get get used to it. We're going to be talking <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, he is. He's uh, great. He was great to see in person. He was very fun. The fun thing about the Night Court revival is like it, during the pandemic, Melissa and her husband were like, what show could we revive? Uh, and they decided to do Night Court. And then they like reached out to John Larroquette. And he was like, absolutely not. 
And <laughs> but he was like, absolutely not. But what are you doing with the show? I want to know everything about what you're planning. Like, and so she was zooming with him like every day during the pandemic, Ooh. developing the new Night Court. The entire time he's like, I'm not doing it though. And then he was like, Are you guys pitching? I'm going to go with you. And so he like helped them pitch the show to networks. But also Melissa Roush wasn't initially going to star in the show either. But as she was like pitching it and they were developing it and writing the script, she was like, oh, I really am envious of the actor we're going to get to play Abby Stone and have all these scenes with John Larroquette. Oh, my God. And then she was like, oh, I guess I'll just do it. <laughs> and so and so, yeah, then, then John Larroquette signed on, I think, when she signed on. So, it, yeah, it's a fun. And he was hilarious. His he was so funny in person. He is just he so is, he is remarkable. Uh, I saw him uh on stage he did how to succeed in business without really trying on broadway with daniel radcliffe oh, who uh john larroquette won a tony award oh, for there it you go. um for and then he plays the um prosecutor the, pros- the prosecutor dan um yielding dan, dan fielding and he won four emmy awards yeah. in a row and then he said i don't want to be I don't want to be nominated again because it's not fair to everybody else. So yeah, you stopped, you stopped doing that. <laughs> um, he's out of all the people in night court. He has had, I think a lot of different career highs. He was in Boston yeah. legal. He was in all librarians. Right. Um, he, uh, he did, he had the John Larroquette show for a while. He's, I feel like I did watch. He's just yeah. he's just been in television for a long time. And his first role, first role was the narrator in yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. He just recently <laughs> said that he did in exchange for marijuana. <laughs> what a guy. Love him. What a guy. Uh and and then like and then like later on Marky Post comes on next season and becomes like the other third like lead as the defense attorney. The defense she, attorney. She went on to star in uh, Hearts of Fire with Leslie Jordan and John Ritter. Uh, <laughs> he was <laughs> the so original watching first, a lot of that. She was the first choice, but she wasn't available. So well, I forgot uh, who the first person was. Uh in season 2 it was Ellen Foley playing the character of Billy Young. Ellen Foley, another person that I've seen live, she's a singer. Uh, she, she performed at the uh, Mark Bolin 40th birthday ah, bash. T-Rex uh, which birthday. Was, which was really cool. Um, she did the song, I'm looking it up real quick, Solid Gold Easy Action. Wow. Um, you've probably heard her, and I'm saying you in the general audience sense. She was the female voice in Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Just wild. Uh, and while at the time she was dating Mick Jones from The Clash, Good and the God. song and the song Should I Stay or Should I Go was written about her and their relationship. Jesus. So, yeah, and but she and did then she's on Night Court, and then she did a season. season of Night Court. She did a little Jesus. bit of acting, but she's. You know, she had a lot of out. She did a lot of albums, a lot of singing, and I just I happened to see her in 2017, uh, do a great T Rex cover. As well, um, and an amazing show with uh, the people there were the drummer was Clem Burke from Blondie. Ooh. Um, Suzanne Vega came out. Oh, uh, nice. with, with David Bowie's guitarist. Uh, just a fantastic group of just amazing musicians came out and just did T Rex songs. And Ellen, <laughs> Ellen Foley. Ellen <laughs> Foley. I'd love. Uh, but yeah, 
This week on Must Have Seen TV, we'll be talking about the Night Court episode Battling Bailiff. It's the 17th episode of season two, and it was written by Stu Kreisman and Chris Kluse, and directed by Jeff Melman. Here's how Freevee, where it finally is streaming, describes the episode. Bull decides upon a career change when an oily-tongued wrestling promoter, Christopher Weeks, appears in court with one of his wrestlers and offers to make Bull a wrestling star. Ethan, how accurate is that description? 100%! It's completely it's, accurate. It's, it's act one. We don't get into... Well, so the episode starts with really what the episode is kind of... Like, the episode's about Bull's, like, deferred dreams. And, like... And I'm not talking about, like, nocturnal visions. I'm talking about, like, his dreams as, like, his aspirations career-wise. Because it first opens, they're all in the, like, mess hall or whatever cafeteria. And they find out that Bull's writing poetry. <laughs> Bull is was probably the most recognizable part of the original series. He is a six foot eight tall actor named Richard Mull. Bald. Um, bald, shaved his head. He had shaved his head for a previous role. And the uh, pr- the casting director liked him in that and said, well, you keep shaving your head for, so for, for all nine seasons of uh, Night Court. Um, but he was a character that was there from the beginning. Uh, yeah, one of the few, because Nightcourt had a lot of turnover in the first two seasons before they yeah. settled on a real, on the permanent cast in season three, I think. Well, the, the other bailiff, the other bailiff played by Selma Diamond died uh, after the second season, and she's in this episode. She's 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 really good. A um, little bit of background on her. She wasn't primarily an actor. She was a writer. She was the Rosemarie's character on Dick Van Dyke show was based on her. Exactly. Uh, she wrote for Sid Caesar for yeah. years and years and years. She wrote a ton of stuff on radio. She wrote 60. She worked 65 weeks with Groucho Marx and they became best friends. God. Um, just like absolute history on this person. I, I, I keep digressing because I find this stuff really interesting. Oh, that yeah. I mean, like, this this is you keep digging. <laughs> I like in night night court to news radio in that like it's an ensemble of just people with like wild yeah. careers and either and it's also a great underappreciated show. Um but so, yeah, yeah, well the episode actually starts with Dan coming in. I skipped this. He comes in because he's desperate and need for like change for a 20. He asks Mac. Mac gives him change for a 20, but Dan doesn't give him the $20. He starts to walk away. <laughs> he just takes the money. Uh, he's trying to get on the ground floor of a condo conversion. He's like trying to find a, a scheme to get himself out of debt, which I'm assuming maybe he got into debt in a previous episode. Or this is it's I, my guess is he's probably perpetually in debt. Yeah, it, it's just one of those character things. I don't imagine there's a lot of continuity from episode to the episode. Well, they're not episode to episode, but they definitely had like running themes. Yeah, like, like him being yeah. him being like involved in shady deals was like uh, definitely part of it. And so also, uh, John Larroquette is 38 in this episode. So he is my age in this episode. And he's also like prematurely uh, gray, which I mean, underneath this blonde hair, it's gray hair. (laughs) If you've Um, watched any of the other episodes and you've seen Brett's actual hair. Yeah. 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 And also all the three piece suits. I really love Dan Fielding. I think if I he's my. I mean, he's not my uh, point of view character, but he's my point of view character, most likely. I, I believe in the I'd first episode of the new series, he wears a blue three piece suit. As I know, well. I've, I've, I'm trying. I want to do an article about I want to interview John Larroquette about his uh, suits, but and the wardrobe supervisor. Um, <laughs> Why but can't anyway, you just interview the wardrobe supervisor. Well, because I want to talk to John Larroquette. 
<laughs> but you'll be making someone's day. Well, I'll be making both of their days. We'll see what happens. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, well, also, just in general, every man's outfit in this episode is amazing. Ex- oh, I mean, yeah, even Bull's wrestling outfit. <laughs> but like <laughs> Harry Anderson's wearing all these amazing like sweater vests and like vintage ties. And there's just like such real thought and care put into a, what everyone is wearing. Whereas it's just not the that's just not the case nowadays. It just looks like they all went to H and M and just got a bunch of junk nowadays or whatever. Ooh. But this is nice. This looks very lived in and cool. Uh, Bull Bull comes in and he's like, "Does anyone know what rhymes with perpendicular?" And and uh, Billy Ar- Ar- Ellen Foley is like, "Why?" And he's like, "That doesn't rhyme with perpendicular." <laughs> that was a fun joke <laughs> because he's he's over in the corner and he's writing poetry. Um, and then does he offer them to read it? Which is like, man, heart on the sleeve. Just give me the, just hand out the heart. He yeah. doesn't know yet. He, he the, the the one he he reads is called Forever Damned. Oh, I thought it was Forever Damp. Oh, it might have been Forever Damp. Okay, I the words sound very similar when you listen. Yeah, to them and well, I mean, you can show. see honestly both meanings kind of apply to the poem. It was probably damp because it's about someone in boots trudging through a bunch of wet, very wet mud uh, at a, on a seashore. Um, and it's 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 not a good poem, but it's obviously very from the heart. And he yeah. ends it with the time he missed the boat of life. Hey, Nani, Nani. and mac has gone he's like had to get up and shove a donut in his mouth to keep from laughing out loud and then he laughs it doesn't well i like when he laughs and like selma's like bull leaves and selma's following bull i guess like because they're very close they're both the bailiffs and i like that she turns to mac she's like it was the talking feet that did it (laughs) right like yeah yeah, the whole poem is about his feet like these feet in these boots that are wet and they're complaining and then he just realizes that he's stuck where he is and he has missed the boat of life and he also points out that he says that it was about me yeah. <laughs> he comes out and says it's about me it's about so me that, this is it, it's funny because like really the first two events of this episode set the tone for the whole all yeah. the characters you have bull who's dissatisfied with his job as a bailiff he thinks he's stuck and you have dan trying dan's the the subplot where he's trying to get enough money to be part of this combo con, con, condo conversion and which is something like out a if, way to tie them he, together too which is very seinfeldian yeah and very cool if he and this is all before the credits yeah so it's it's a cold open that actually does carry through the rest of the show which oh. we've seen doesn't always happen does not no uh I love the opening credits. I think that the opening credits, the song, that combination of the song, the font, the stylized like uh, shots, and then just those shots of 1984 New York City. The it A-train. is just, it is one of the best opening two seconds of an opening credits. It just like fucking is, it is cool, dirty, irreverent, uh, and but still like, it's a sitcom like it, it manages to walk all these tones at once. And it's just so I mean, it's like I want to live in that New York. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I want to live in that New York um, as a homosexual drag queen. I don't know if I would last very long unless I was rich and could just get to where the rich people live and just stay there. 
you know, as history has shown, there were plenty of homosexual drag queens in New York in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I have, have company. I got a lot of creature comforts. I'm not like going to be the, the lower East side, dirty apartment, like underground life is not for me. I don't know. Maybe if I'm in my twenties, it's for me. But now nowadays I'm like, I need air conditioning and I I need a washer dryer. (laughs) A lot of us settle. I mean, we all settled for a lot of different housing situations in our twenties. I, I, I will, you know, that's, I definitely did. That's life. Yeah. It is super New York and it's great. (laughs) Super New York. Um, I liked seeing the A train, the yeah. 1980s A train in there. Um, Which so some of them are still running. I feel like so bull is bull. Uh, when we come back, we're in the courtroom. We find that bull has torn his poetry book in half yeah. because he's a six foot eight gigantic man. And he's, he's like throwing it all away. Cause he's very embarrassed about it. He feels like he shouldn't have, um, he shouldn't have, have opened himself up up like this. Um, there's also talk of a, a poem called At the Bailiff's Jamboree, which I thought yeah. was funny. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> and then and then Harry tries to make him feel better and says, man, Bull, you never miss the boat in life. And, and, and Bull turns around and he goes, it's a metaphor, Harry. It's a literary device used to show my displeasure with my place in the cosmos. My <laughs> life is poo-poo. My life is poo-poo. He just kind yeah. of breaks that out. And it's it just shows that that, you know, yeah, he's 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 always kind of shown as the kind of a little bit more childlike than everybody else, but he's also he he owns it and he's very in control of it. himself. And honestly, like looking back at now knowing where the episode goes, looking back at um oh my god, damp. I'm damp. Forever, Forever damp. damp. Looking back at the poem, I'm like, actually, this is kind of, it might be kind of a great poem. Like, looking back, like knowing, like, after seeing his entire arc and like knowing what's actually going on in him internally. And I was like, oh, my God, forever damp is a good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, I don't know. Do it at, do it at your show in Astoria. Oh, I, I mean, that's the kind of shit that I should be doing. <laughs> Maybe I will perform it. A uh, reading from night court <laughs> season two episode seven. Oh. um oh yes uh i mean i would have to get in selma drag because i'm definitely not a bull i'm so definitely he's, not he, six eight he's 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 talking and he has another really good line and he he points to harry and he's he was talking about people's purpose in life he says harry you're a judge you stand for justice and he points to billy and he says you're a public defender you stand for the common man and he goes 
I'm a bailiff. I stand like cattle. Yeah. <laughs> so these the jokes are the it, it hits really well and the jokes yeah. are good. I I I'm already laughing in this show. Oh my like so when we get to the first case of the episode in the next scene, it is basically like an old woman, a granny who is a huge wrestling fan, is being brought in because she has assaulted a wrestler because of, you know, what the she was at the show. And it's Lou Ferrigno and he's wearing uh well, he comes in in like a trench coat and then he's like, I'm getting hot. So he takes it off and he's just yeah. wearing a Hulk outfit, basically just purple spandex pants and no and no shirt and no he's... shirt. And my favorite my favorite joke might be Dan uh, John Larroquette reacts by looks at Lou Ferrigno and says, man, you don't see something like that without a yoke attached. <laughs> and it's like, God, that is such a good singular weird <laughs> lie. The uh, the woman is played by uh, Meg Wild, who uh, has is everywhere. Has, has She's everywhere. just like you've, you know who she is, but you know her. A lot of people will know her as she was the keeper in the Star Trek episode, The Cage. She had that really big uh, bulbous wow. head. That's um, the pilot, isn't it? Is it the cage? I thought that was. I don't know enough about Star Trek. And I I will freely admit that. And we're not going to learn. <laughs> but no, she's cool. just like, she's that she's like the old woman. Like, honestly, if you picture yeah. old woman from 80s and 90s sitcoms, you might be picturing her. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, I know who this woman is. Uh, and so I don't know. But like, I honestly was expecting a lot more of Lou Ferrigno. I mean, this is post Hulk. Well, this is like during Hulk. Like the show's over, but the TV movies are starting. Yeah, this yeah. is, I mean, early 80s. But he's still known as as he's yeah. not only is he known as the Hulk. This is a, this is a chance for him to have lines. Yeah, he's got lines. He's actually he doesn't really do. He comes out like doesn't. I thought he was going to be a through line in the episode. He's not. He's only in this one scene. He got hit in the face uh, with the chair and and he, he points out that it hurt like the Dickens, which I thought yes. was a fun line. Um, oh yeah, and then like Bull like has to separate them, and he li- he lifts Lou Ferrigno, which is wild. Yeah, he's a big dude, Richard Mall. Which which brings uh, which brings Bull to the attention of um, the promoter. Um, uh, his name's his name uh, his name is Jack. The character um, is played by Jack DeLeon, um, ah, who played a homosexual on Barney Miller. I was just about to say that. In addition to playing the homosexual on Barney Miller, he was the voice of the Human Torch. In the 1960s uh, Fantastic Four cartoon, oh God. and was the voice of Craven the Hunter in the 1980s Spider Man cartoon. Wow, and they're with the Hulk. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> wild, huh? Pretty that's, cool. That's like, nuts. Yeah. But neat- he basically he recruits Bull and he's like, you'll make $10,000 a night. And then this is where I got my gay hopes up because Dan he overhears this and is like, $10,000 a night. And I'm like, oh my God, please. Please, I need to see John Larroquette in wrestler tights. <laughs> Didn't happen, honey. It did not happen. It it, <laughs> it definitely did not happen. Uh, but he he, it works for him. Bull says, you know, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be a bailiff anymore. Um, he's flattered. He said the 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 promoter Jack says, "You're huge. You're ugly. Why don't you get, use the gifts that God gave you?" <laughs> and it and it totally convinces Bull. Bull's like, "I'm I'm done." Um, he goes off stage and they're talking about it like, oh, he's, 
Yeah, he's like, they're like, oh, he's gonna come back. He throws his jacket. The, ja- the jacket, jacket come, lands on Harry's desk or his uh, judge's stand. The bench. The bench. The bench. And then they're they're like, oh, you know, he's he's just being dramatic. And then you see the pants fly out, <laughs> which is so such a funny heightening. Uh, and then Harry says, I hope he's wearing boxer shorts. You hear a, a scream in the hall. And then John Larroquette just goes, briefs. It's <laughs> <laughs> just... like, that's such a good, it's an example of how good the ensemble is. And just like how <laughs> yeah. good they've like figured out pacing and rhythm. And honestly, figuring that out in season two. And honestly, figuring it out when you're on your, I, I think this is their third uh defense attorney because there was one of the pilot who immediately left and there was there mm. was the one who was in season one now there's the one like and then they're on their like second clerk already like but the fact that they still found a rhythm and know the voice of the show is really cool the 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 public defender in the first season was meant to be a romantic foil for for harry anderson she left after i think 10 episodes but she was still in the credits for the first for the rest of the um yeah. the rest of the season. They replaced her with Ellen Foley. They they tried to kind of get that thing going again, but they it was more of a it was more of a friendly familiar relationship. Yeah. So they didn't push it. And then Marky Post came in and in, in season sense. three. Ellen Foley, I like I like Billy. I like the character. She just has such a oh a broad energy she's not yeah. a romantic lead she's not a she would not be a typical romantic sitcom lead no i don't because I, she's, I, I would agree she's a little bit goofy <laughs> and and not like a uh respectable uh goofy like she's just kind of a goofball and i want to point out like uh so we're we're not being ambiguous here Everyone in this series is great. Everyone in mm-hmm. this episode is great. The minor characters who have one line are great. Everybody's great in this. So now word is out that Bull is gone. And so they got a new bailiff named Dirk, who is a pushover. There's like, he he comes in late to Harry's office. He's like, sorry, there was a holdup at the copy at the copier. And they were like, oh, there was a line. He was like, no, a holdup. My wallet's gone. Like, because he's, <laughs> he's just a sad like a sack guy. sad sack pushover. It was not his only appearance. Uh, I forget his name. I think it's Ross, something Ross. Um, but it's not his only appearance. He does make other appearances throughout the, the show. As Dirk? As Dirk. As wow. Dirk. Wow. Uh, so recurring character. I, I don't know much about him. But yeah, uh, like Dan, Dan just like says boo at Dirk and he makes him freak out and looks like Dan loves it. Uh, Bull shows up. I did like Dan on his way out. He's to bully says i'm behind you all the way you greco roman nut you because <laughs> motherfuckers uh intending on betting on bull yes that is that is made quite clear because he needs money for this condo conversion he's expecting to take a two thousand dollar investment and make it into a 1980s two hundred thousand dollar investment so like yeah like that's the that's the whole thing um, oh i did like because so Bull's like taking, I'm taking a body slam class. And they're like, oh, is that graded pass, fail, or on a curve? <laughs> Which is such a, God, such a good, weird joke. Just a good, weird joke. So he invites everybody to come see him wrestle. I don't think it was at Madison Square Garden. It might have been. I think it was the first one at Madison Square Garden. That's yeah, where... the first one was. And I, they didn't announce where the second one was, I don't think. But assuming it was at Madison Square Garden because it was also televised. Yeah, which is also wild to think of Madison Square Garden holding just like 
holding what I think are essentially amateur. They have to be amateur. Bull isn't a professional. He took a couple courses. He took a couple classes, and this is going to be televised from Madison Square Garden. Jeez. Uh, Bull and Harry have a one-on-one, and, like, Harry, like, so Harry is very supportive just because, like, we just trashed this dude's poetry. The thing that he liked doing, we just made him feel horrible about it, so I'm not going to make him feel horrible about being a wrestler. Uh, and everyone else is like, he's going to get killed. Like, we need to stop this. <laughs> he's six, uh, eight, but he's not he's not built like Lou Ferrigno is built. <laughs> well, and also this is like so built back then is also different from built now because like nowadays, like muscles are like you got to be big and cut. Mm. And you got to have. But like Lou Ferrigno just looks huge. He looks like a He-Man figure. Yeah, like that. Like that is what you don't really see like defined musculature so much as just his pecs are enormous and his biceps are crazy we always we, we always go back to that story of the time that uh lou ferrigno <laughs> accidentally uh cc the entire staff of, intentionally and unintentionally cc the entire staff of wizard magazine uh, inviting everybody on a cruise or saying that yeah. he was going to go on a cruise <laughs> That was, I just turned back to my office mate and was like, Adam, I was like, did you just get invited on a cruise with Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> yes. That was um, great. Icon. Uh, and then the last shot of this act is both standing in the little uh, hallway between Harry's office and the courtroom. And he hears Dirk getting, getting, getting it started, turning the party. And he's just mouthing along. About you know, all rise for the honorable judge Harry Stone. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> and 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 Selma, the the other bailiff, is not behind him. Everybody mm-hmm. else is like, "Oh, this is a great idea." And Selma's like, "No, you're a bailiff. You're born to be a bailiff. You're leaving me alone. You're not a wrestler. You're a bailiff." And she'd rather eat linoleum than go yeah. see him wrestle. Really good. <laughs> but but- we, we go to the the wrestling um the the arena wherever it's going to be. We start off the scene by they're carrying a guy on a stretcher who's mm-hmm. covered in bloody bruises and the press is looking at him. And one of the wrestlers is just like, ah, my name's Mandingo, which is because <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. he's a black wrestler. And they're so, don't do that. Those are, the, those are the things from the 80s that those, you just uh, yeah, uh, but he's he, he gives this big grand speech about how he's like he's gonna beat, beat him up and how he's gonna win. And they get and they pull they, they move off stage into like the the backstage area, and the guy who's bloody gets off the the yeah. gurney, and the, both guys just totally turn into, "Are you okay? How are you doing?" And the guy's you like, almost, "You almost came so close to hitting me. I'm really miffed." Like, <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the wrestling promoter comes out. And he's like, you know, it's time for everyone to meet the battling bailiff. And so Bull's wrestling outfit is like a navy blue wrestling, like a spandex singlet. So so mm-hmm. more superhero, not at all high school wrestler. So we're we're very in the pro wrestling type. More ballet. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. And yeah. that well, yeah. Uh so he's wearing that, and then he has a belt. That has like two handcuffs on yeah. it, and then a gold lame cape. It's it's gold lame on the inside, and I think navy on the outside. Yeah, and then like an oversized cop hat that is also like sparkly. It looks like uh the the martial law the 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 comics character has the. Well, big, I I wrote um, like he looks one. like he's fighting crime in a future time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he looks like the cops action figures from the late 80s. Buttons, McBoom Boom, look it up. And Long he, arm. Yes. <laughs> he also mentions this is the first time he was able to buy off the rack, which I yeah. thought was great. <laughs> but he's like, where's Selma? And everybody, so, like, everybody else has shown up. There. You can't just have a scene with Bull by himself. It has to be Bull plus cast. Everybody minus Selma shows yeah. up. Dan is there. He's bet money. This is when I looked up Dan Fielding's age and saw that John Lickhart is 38 at this time. And I lost and I was just like, oh, my God. Dan has taken all the money he was going to invest in the condo uh, conversion. We've said now said condo conversion more times than probably the writers <laughs> said. It. Yes. Um, and, but he's taken that $2,000 and he has bet it all on bull. All on bull, baby. All and on bull. who is bull going up against? Straight from Vatican City, the choir boy. The choir boy. He stabs people with candles. Yeah. So they're all watching. They don't go out. And it's like, well, because we can't afford to build that set. So, yeah. So they have to watch it on TV. I, I do like there, there, there was there was one gag. And I, I, I hate to make these podcasts about like, do you remember when they said this funny thing? <laughs> I, there was one where where they introduced introducing the battling bailiff. And he says, oh, we're going to meet. You have to meet the brand new champ. Battling bailiff and the guy who was all bloody was like, "Hey, you said I was going to be the champ." And the promoter, go- the promoter goes, "Don't be bitchy." I maybe I did I miss that? I, I maybe right because I was like, "That was oh, great." Nice. Oh man! Uh, so yeah, I mean, they basically like, they start watching and Bull is not moving, and then the the one the wrestler who was like miffed earlier comes and he's like yeah that's not the script and he has like a written like bound script <laughs> it could have been the script from the episode that they just took off the the oh, table yeah. at the back so bull then like leaves the ring and then that's when he comes back in he forfeits he forfeits he comes in there's like a beat and he just says like it wasn't fulfilling <laughs> like and it's so we, it's just like not what you would expect in that moment. Like just the the wording and the way yeah. you said it was just like very different and great. I feel like I've quit things like that before. Like in the midst of things, I'm just like, this isn't fun. I'm leaving. Yeah, I've just I've, I feel like I've done that before. A lot of times, Bye. Like, no. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking this corset off. No, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I've always, always felt that if I'm not, if people aren't relying on me for things and I'm just there to fill out space or, mm-hmm. or for, for really no reason, I am usually apt to just say, okay, I'm, I'm done. Goodbye. Um, yeah. I clear up my responsibilities and I just, I exit. Um, I don't know if that makes me a jerk. Probably does. But um, no, good uh, use of your time. You know, yeah, and it kind of, it's like setting boundaries that I don't. I just say goodbye. Not for, not for me. So now, like Selma does show up. She actually has been there, uh, and she and he's like, "Oh, you're here." And then she says, "Oh, I wouldn't miss it. Violence, day old beers, sweat reminds me of my prom." It's like <laughs> that's so good, and they hug, and it's really great. Bull didn't. Bull didn't really want to do it. He when he came back to the office, he wanted everyone to ask him back, and they were just so. <laughs> supportive that they didn't ask him back which means that they can't read him at all yeah they're, they're just they're, i mean to be fair getting a face-to-face look at him is very hard <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot uh um, yeah 
So <laughs> they're like, then, we're going to go out to dinner. And it was like, Harry's like, Bull, aren't you going to change? And he's like, oh, we aren't going anywhere fancy, are we? No, okay. Which honestly, New York City work. <laughs> they're not going <laughs> to care. I mean, if you if you go to Comic-Con like now or Anime-Con, you see people wearing exactly that. Yeah, just yeah. walking around in the subway, just walking around. It's not, and and yeah, there's always there's always going to be someone who's wearing something a little atypical. But at comic conventions and anime conventions, it swarms of people throughout the five boroughs. I mean, back in the day before they built the before they extended the seven all the way out to oh uh, yeah Hudson Yards, like because that walk from Eighth Avenue to Eleventh, where the Javits Center is, it's like a ten minute walk across multiple avenues and so you just would see the flood of just like the pilgrimage of just a ton of costumed characters now they can get off essentially at the convention center so yeah yeah. i Uh, i I did that walk of shame many many times but never in never in costume never in costume i I don't know anything about getting dressed up you wouldn't get dressed up for a comic convention i mean at tca i dressed i took my nice trousers and my uh, double-breasted jacket and my ties I like I dressed up because I was like, I'm professional this week. I'm an adult. I'm an adult man. I did cosplay at an anime convention once. Uh, I went as uh, the immoral, the immoral Tetsu from Way of the House Husband, which Mm -hmm. if you have not read it or seen it, it is a, a comic and a TV show where a former mob enforcer falls in love with a graphic designer gets married, leaves the mob, and becomes a house husband. Uh, so it's his adventures being a very scary guy, uh, shopping for food and uh, taking care of pets and being Chill part of the neighborhood time. association. It's yeah. hilarious. Um, uh, and then the post-credits or the, the, the little stinger at the end is... Well, we before, the, oh. before, before we get that, because there, there's something that pays off... The, the, the stinger pays off oh, yeah. something that he says, which is if you see me doing something, about to do something stupid, hit me and oh, I'll stop. Oh, God. And that, totally and that, because I, I, I didn't, when they did the stinger, I didn't connect it until it was already done. Mm. So it's the stinger. Oh, you can explain it. You were just no, about no, to. Yeah. It, it opens on uh, Bull is reading a magazine, amateur parachuting. <laughs> and then Dan walks by and like sees the magazine, just takes it, rolls it up. And then just beats him on the head and like just everything just whack, 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 whack. And then Bull says, thank you. Dan says, my pleasure. And just keeps walking. Yeah, good. It was it was a it was a very funny episode. And I hope that that really came through and just all the lines that I was repeating because I I laughed out loud better, yeah. multiple times. It was, I'm glad it was... that we got a funny one and not a super serious one, but maybe we should do a super, yeah. super serious. Like the ones where like Harry's like, I'm going to adopt this orphan, like which <laughs> happens I think, a couple times. Um, I, it was, it, it was remarkable that I was laughing so much considering I had just gotten fired. <laughs> hey, we love it. Honestly, uh, you got to turn to sitcoms in moments of pain, which is what I talked to Melissa Rush about also. I think that the new I don't want to say too much about the new um, night court because a you are kind of elite, kind of invested in it as as reporting on it and b they are still getting their footing. 
Um, I think it they they do need to find their rhythm. After just watching the pilot, I think the rhythm needs a little bit of work, but it could get there. Yeah, I think it's a very good cast. It is a it is a great premise. I think that Melissa Rauch is great and John Larroquette is great. I like Lacrita, who plays Gergs, the new bailiff. Uh, but they just like it has. They have to just. Night Court's all about the ensemble and just got to just like get yeah. those reps in, get those, get that work in. Uh, I've seen a lot of the first season and they do a good job of pairing off different pairs of people. So it's very clear we are, you know, they are trying like seeing who has the what with the who and just it's really cool. I don't know. You know what's sad about today is that Night Court went through different casts in the first three seasons. Yeah. Mac Mac was a replacement. Um, Selma had to leave. They went through different pro different. Well, both um, their first two bailiffs both died while cast on the show. <clears throat> so Flo comes on after Selma and then dies. Or is Flo in season one? I don't know. So how in today's sitcom TV climate would they allow a sitcom that many seasons to really get its footing Never. to become something stellar like Marky Post? seasons of of night court yeah that it's this it's the sad thing about modern uh television in general is you don't even you don't even see the kind of uh cast shakeups that you used to see really um like people aren't even added to cast it, i think it's like i don't know the fact that nowadays most tv comedies will do a one season every year and a half means that you yeah. you're not this is a weird thing to complain about but you're not getting those like scheduling conflicts or people getting burnt out but i mean it, <laughs> like cheers uh I, well you know coach died so they had to but like you get woody halfway through uh shelly long leaves you get kirstie alley r.i.p yeah. you add bb new earth to the opening credits but like nowadays people like the shows don't last long enough to really do that and it's it's so and that th yeah. sitcoms don't dramas really, really try to, because if you get a drama going like Supernatural, that's like 15 yeah. seasons or Buffy, which is like nine seasons, you seven. get these like seven, you get these like really long, uh, really long runways. Uh, and then I think that's why so many people are upset that so many things are being canceled. Two by seasons Netflix are done or HBO. HBO. What's well, one it's... season done. You yeah. can't you can't latch on to anything because you everybody wants, even if it's a, not even a great show, you kind of want to see that multiple season arc. It can probably yeah. get better. Well, and also like this format of television, I don't think is uh, going to work out much longer. Just you. I mean, for me personally, I need the weekly investment. Like I I hate that there are so many shows that they disappear for a year and a half. I completely forget they ever existed. And it isn't until. Oh, that's back. Oh, I love I oh I loved that show. I loved it. And then I just felt like I'd forgotten about it. Sitcoms are that. better about that than other media. Because sitcoms will they'll go away for a year and a half and they'll come back and they'll 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 ease you back into the characters and their roles. Whereas podcasts gone for a year and a half, they'll pick up like with the next line from the, the season before we just started listening to bridgewater oh. which is a podcast with uh misha collins um alan tudyk's in it this season and it, it's been off the air for i mean it's been off the 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 podcast network for o over a year we really liked it it's the supernatural scripted podcast but we start listening to the first episode of the second season and we're like who are any of these characters <laughs> 
what is happening? So now we have to stop and go back and listen you to the last episode. Fill, fill people in. You have to. Marvel does right. it with their comics. Mm-hmm. They have a little summary page. DC does not. Jesus. I rest my case. <laughs> Are you ready for some must-have facts about this episode of television? I'd be really interested. So on average, about 15 million people watched Night Court uh, this season. But for this week, uh, it ranked number 33 for the week. Ooh. This episode did. It was down from number 25. So it fell. Um, the top five shows of this week of television, though, were The A-Team at number five, Dallas at number four, number three was 60 Minutes, two Dynasty, and one The Cosby Show. But what a top five, The A-Team and Dynasty hanging out. I would love to do an A-Team episode on here because it's it's a comedy. Oh, it's God, a... yes. Oh, God, yes. Yes. The downside is that it's like an hour long, so we end up going like an We've hour done. and a half on the yes, podcast. We've done heart to heart. We'll yeah. do it again. Yeah, it's all good. Quark. <laughs> Quark was the... an hour. The NBC. Oh, also Quark. You better believe I asked mo- uh, at least two uh, journalists who got, I don't even know, like 50 probably. Mm-hmm. I said Quark and they're like, loved Quark. So angry when it got canceled. And I was like, this makes sense because I said, if I was a kid and that came out, doesn't matter what the quality is. I would have watched it and a bit obsessed. I, I posted about it on Facebook. Don't look me up on Facebook. I, I very private Facebook, but I posted it and two, two of my friends said, oh my God, Quark. I loved it. See, so, yeah. I mean, uh, said played Quark on the playground. Woo. For like the two months that it was relevant, I guess. Like, that's wild. Um, One person being like, I'm going to be the plant guy. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite stick in the mud. Literally. It was a coveted role, I'm sure. Uh, so the NBC Thursday night lineup, iconic, was Cosby Show, Family Ties, Cheers, Night Court, and then Hill Street Blues. What a night. What wow. a what, what, night. What year is this again? 80, this is 85. This is the 84, 85 okay. TV season. I always associate the Cosby show with late 80s and I, I it's it, it is the the middle of the 80s yeah. and I should yeah. I should think about that differently. It's absolutely nuts all those. So what are you watching tonight? Uh on the night this aired, ABC was airing college basketball. Ooh. CBS was airing Simon and Simon. AJ and Rick try to help a high school student who has quit drugs and then runs away after being framed by her former clique. And then NBC is airing Night Court. A promoter encourages Bull to enter wrestling, but the Bayless friends try to talk him out of it. What What are you watching? Oh, Night Court. Yeah, obviously. Court, all the way. Although I, I mean, did it, like, I liked when that Simon and Simon description took a turn towards being framed by her former clique. Like, oh, girl, <laughs> let's get into this high school drama on Simon and Simon. High school drama combined with legal drama with drugs um yeah good 80s drugs 80s drugs were always worse than everybody else's drugs because you know oh yeah really 80s it was was an epidemic uh on imdb 121 users rated this episode a seven out of ten higher lower i I would give this uh, like an eight i would give it an eight two I, I noticed the two that when I was looking through the ratings, this is one of the lower rated episodes of the season. Oh, wild. Despite the fact that I, I loved it. Yeah, thought it was very funny. Uh, different strokes, different folks. Who had the must-see performance of this episode? I'm going to go with the Emmy people and say John Larroquette. Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, say. I mean, Bull's really good. I just like, 
John Larroquette knows how to get in and get like one good line. It's really uh, it's it's a it's a perfect role. It's kind of like and I'm going to sound so pretentious. It's kind of like how Puck in Midsummer Night's Dream Dream just kind of bounces around and comments on shit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, Puck is part of the plot, but also Puck's a dick. Yeah. And, I, and we kind of like that about Puck. I kind of like that about John LaRoquette playing Dan Fielding. Yes. He has big Bill McNeil energy uh, from news radio. And it, and when I uh, when I was unemployed for a hot second before I got my current job, I wrote a pilot about people who work at a comic book website, a comic book news site. <laughs> which was directly based on a bunch of people I worked with. And the character that I wrote for myself was very much the Dan Fielding, <laughs> Bill McNeil kind <laughs> of character, because I mean, I'm not, pr- I, I, I'm not proud of how I sometimes act in the office and professionally, but I have taken uh, on a third anti-anxiety and depression medicine and has really taken my edge off. But Thank so, you. Express but, yeah. So I, so I just think that like if uh, if Dan and Bill would get on some some other meds, maybe they wouldn't be as pretentious and snappy. I like snappy and I like pretentious uh, when it comes. Yeah, to, yeah, that's good. Uh, must other people see this episode? I think this is this is probably a good first night court episode. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And it's got the added bonus of of like the whole wrestling plot where wrestlers do gags and stuff. And you got Lou Ferrigno, Lou Ferrigno. I think you I mean, maybe you want an episode that has Harry Anderson more in it since he is the lead. He doesn't really do a lot in this episode and more cases because we really only get one case. But I do think mm-hmm. like it's such a funny episode that I can't imagine watching this and not being like, I don't want I don't want to watch anymore. Like you would definitely want yeah, to yeah. watch more. So. So it did its job. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I, I give this one two thumbs up if I was if I was a, a thumbing man. But I liked it a lot. <laughs> Someone introduced me to a thumbing man, please. That was too far. But hey, drag queens would push it too far. <laughs> uh, anything else uh, before we have to say goodbye? Uh, I'm going to say... Thanks for thanks for everything. I'm glad I'm glad we're back doing this. Quark uh, got people talking, which is fantastic, and uh, glad you're back. You made it back safely. Yeah, and, and uh, again, still waiting for any Family Affair super fans to tell us one episode with one good joke. You tell us, we'll watch it, and if we are wrong, if Family Affair is actually funny. We will not do nothing. We'll just keep living our lives. I will. I will talk about it. Look, I'm. I'm. I'm a. I'm a. A, a good enough person. I will eat crow when I'm wrong about Family Affair. I'll prove I me wrong. I want to be proven wrong. wrong. Prove me wrong. I like laughing. Look at me. I'm a clown. Honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody, thank y'all for listening. Please uh, follow the podcast on Instagram and at Must Have Seen TV. Uh, you can leave reviews in iTunes, which is still waiting for. Honestly, if you leave a review and recommend a thing for us to watch, we'll do it. Because I'm that desperate to get people to leave reviews. Although I think the one or two times people have done that, I haven't done it. Um, so maybe I'm bad. I mean, I should go Are. back and look at those and find those. Oh my god! Well, we were on hiatus. Now the people aren't going to tune into their show. No, okay. Uh, and yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at at Barb Hardly, 
and you can read the words that I write at decider.com. Uh, Ethan Burka people find you. Check me oh, out oh, on oh. Instagram at Ethan K 55. Hurrah. So everybody Hurrah. we'll see y'all next time for the 1990s. Uh, and just have a good, have a good, just have a good time. We love you. <laughs> y'all come back now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.